We believe you have a story to share. For 2,000 years, humankind has believed in the power of story. In healthcare, we're finding ways to better heal those who are in front of us. Join us as we explore healing stories now. Welcome again to another exciting edition of Healing Stories. And we decided to come into a space uh, rather than be outside. And if you're looking for the birds, well, you'll find them in the uh, beauty of the words this morning. Uh, I have with me Sister Shabadon Finnegan and Dr. Kendall Wagner back by popular demand uh, after a couple times of listening to how we are moving in the spirit. And today is exciting because we're taking a book uh, called The Conspiracy of the Spirit. And we're going to talk about it through the lens of uh, how the Sisters of Mercy see this, how Sister Shab uh, is grateful to see this, and, and how a provider, how Dr. Wagner sees a theology, uh, a reflection that um, we all know takes time and going over it. And I would just ask Sister Shab this morning to introduce herself, and then I'll introduce uh, the book and, and what it's about. Um, well, as Martin said, my name is Sister Shabanel Finnegan. I'm a Sister of Mercy, almost 64 years now. And um, right now I'm, I'm working in the area of, of mission and ethics uh, as a resource and as we move forward to, um, to ensure that, that uh, we're providing the resources and events and what have you that we all need, but in this particular case in the uh, well-being of physicians. This book we found in the rectory of Sandor, Peru, mm -hmm. and it was needed to be dusted off. It's a book by John Hoy, and Father John Hoy is a Jesuit who uh, for many, many years taught uh, all over the world and was considered by uh, those in the Second Vatican Council as a real luminary around what the Spirit was doing. And when we talk now, we're trying to listen and evoke what is the Spirit doing in healthcare. And we do that through modalities of uh, scholarship, uh, patient care, uh, these aspects of dialogue, but then also uh, digging into some uh, texts that might help us to understand who we are as a ministry. And that's why this is so important. So I'm going to just uh, let this flow and ask the first question is, of all of the things in this book, uh, what most impacted you? That's a terrible question, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just have one after the other. Mm. Um, but I'll start with this one, and it's, the, it's at the very beginning, is the impact it had on me to sit and think and to realize how Jesus had to grow. Hmm. That um, I, I know from my own background probably and uh, as a child growing up, it was kind of like God, Jesus knew everything. I mean, you know, and hmm. coming to that realization that <laughs> Jesus was man, human, and that he had to grow as we grow. That he didn't have that knowledge at the beginning, that understanding that he was the Son of God. And so that it took time for him to, to grow and, and develop that relationship with his father. 
And it, I, I sometimes think for myself, why has it taken so long in my life? <laughs> oh, boy, if it's taken you long, we're in big trouble. <laughs> trouble. <laughs> but, but this gives me a great peace, you know, that, that in fact Jesus as human had to grow as we grow. Now, the difference was that he wasn't, wasn't affected by, by sin as we are. So, I mean, it would make sense. It'd take longer for us probably. But that, um, but the other part of that, uh, Father Hoy made the comment in there a couple of times that the Father did this gently and slowly with Jesus. Mm. And that's how the Spirit, I, I feel, has worked in my life. Maybe at times it didn't feel so gentle, but I'm sure Jesus also experienced some of that as, as he came to a deeper understanding. That's a great point, like how we see Jesus. And mm-hmm. there are so many different ways that people view God exactly. and Jesus. And what we're trying to do here is articulate what that looks like. And for you, there's a gentleness over all these years. And there's a growth. Uh, I don't have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that's part of the reality of, of trying to create some peace in our own lives that we don't have to have it all figured out, right? Yeah. yeah. If he's growing too. Well, I think if, if when we've come to the point that we have it all figured out, then our purpose has ended. And that's the point with mm-hmm. Jesus. And what, what you were referring to, I'd actually had opened the book exactly to that thought yeah. that you of were referring course. to, Sister Shab. Uh, and, and the line is, is that the words that Jesus spoke were not ideas. He was becoming what he was learning and speaking. As he was learning and speaking, he was becoming. Um, and I think that's how our life is. Uh, you know, as we're going through each day learning and speaking, that is that is who we become. And so this is a journey, right? It's a journey. It's a journey. And, and we're not... Um, we're not the finished product when we begin, and we shouldn't be uh, the finished product when we begin, because that's what uh, that's what that's what life's journey is about is is that becoming. Mm-hmm. And so, how do we become through learning and speaking, and, and through acting out each day that um, that we that we move through? Mm-hmm. And another part of that journey uh, is how Jesus learned from his mother and yes. his relationships uh, that God works. And comes to us, sense the spirit through our relationships. Mm. It's it's not just me and God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's who we are as community. And then both of you at Kendall is making the exercises, and you and I having both done the spiritual exercises, we know that one of Ignatius's biggest things, and that's where Hoy's coming out of this, is to ask Mary to help you to bring you to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there are these uh, conduits or helpers mm-hmm. that help us to come to Jesus and Mary in here he really draws out just is one of the fundamental people in his life who helped mm-hmm. him to come to know who God the Father was for him and we it doesn't have to be uh, some uh, magical thing it's a very human thing of, of who she was and probably in our own lives and our own mothers what they did for us to come to uh, some sense of where God was at I, this morning I gave Simon uh, a guardian angel card and that was solely based upon what my mom gave to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, my mom was very clear that the guardian angels are with you. Mm-hmm. And so as the iPad is out and I'm negotiating with the three-year-old about the guardian angel, i got to say I might not have won. <laughs> but, but I do think there was a way for 
me continuing what my mom did, which was bring the angels Angel. into our lives. Mm -hmm. And I imagine that Mary did that for Jesus all the time and still does, right, yeah. for us. Sure. Yeah. Martin, there was a, a, a word that Father Hoy used that I've, I've spent time trying to understand it, and I think I understand a little better, but it's in reference to that and our relationships. But he talks about the quality of betweenness that exists between two people. And I thought, what is, what is that betweenness that he's talking about? It it seems to to have some real depth, but I I'm, I'm still trying to understand it. I actually did go look up the definition of between or betweenness, and I think I wrote that down. But it's it's like there's a certain. Betweenness. I, I betweenness. Would, so it was so much of what we're talking about, and I mean, I, I do want to think about it from the context of healing, because I think healing is human, yeah, and I think, yeah, I and what he even said when I talked to him about this, uh, he'd be a fascinating person to, to sit down with and talk through it. Was it, it has to be human, mm -hmm. and what are the what are the human things in relationship uh, of of that that we might be missing? Right, um, mm -hmm. and it's between two people. Right, and I think the betweenness to me would be um, equalness. You know, uh, free exchange of 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 information and back and forth. Um, you know, not one person lording over the other person, but but kind of walking together, going together. Uh -huh. you know? I think that would be one way, one way that I would look at that uh, at that betweenness. Okay. And and who are the people who he showcases as doing that with Jesus? One was Peter. Mm -hmm. I was struck by the aspect of Peter's development, just as much as Jesus's development between the two of them, and how they went through things and maybe that's part of what all of us are, are going through is these moments of challenge of, of stress and then all of a sudden your your uh, betweenness is uh, enhanced because you can trust the person more sure. so if you go through something with someone yes uh, it's between the, you mm -hmm. and now we're a little stronger doesn't mean it was rosy, right? but it means that we went through something. Mm -hmm. And now, all of a sudden, the next time will be a little different in how we handle it. Uh, that that's, Peter and Jesus went through a lot of stuff. Right. And even at the point of, I was, he, in the uh, uh, Eastern narrative, is not, uh, he's not embarrassed in front of the disciples. Because Jesus and Peter have been through so much that in some scripture scholars, they say that they went for a walk. Mm -hmm. So after he says the thing about the lambs and feed my sheep and feed my sheep, that wasn't done in the context of all of these people. It was rather done on a walk oh, wow. down the beach between them, mm -hmm. alone, and, and in affection. And that that is a learning skill, I think, as well. Yeah. It's definitely that which serves to connect the two. That which serves. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, if we're doing things, and I think this is something we have to be conscious of in an organization, are we doing things that enhance the connection? Right. The community. The community. I think that's the big word is, is community. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's so important now, even now, because we have such a tendency to build walls around our lives yeah. um, and put barriers between us. Even though we have the tools of communication readily available, I feel that 
we've pulled away from from each other, pulled away from uh, from people. Um, you know, we don't we don't sit down and have these kind of talks together like we should. You know, we don't have dinner around this, the Sunday dinner table with neighbors and family uh, the way that we once did during you know uh, in our in our um, area. And so I think that that that's a big thing is is community. Um, in fact, I actually had a a patient in the in the office um, a couple of days ago said, um, do they still have that place where all the doctors get together and have, uh, have lunch or have dinner, uh, together? And, and I said, well, the place is there, but there's nobody there anymore, you know? And that's, uh, but it was very interesting that, that a patient would, would ask me that question. Do they still have that where Seeing everyone gets together? together. Exactly. That's so interesting. Cause the big thing we reviewed the plans a couple of days ago was to redo that entire space. Mm-hmm. For, did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah. I did not know so that. in front of us were all the plans and it was in a presentation that that's moving forward because of how important others feel that that space is. Right. And wow. hear a patient mm-hmm. recognize that. Mm-hmm. You wonder what are the spaces that get us to um, that which uh, seems to connect, connect the two. And maybe that's one of them that's just to be mindful of where are those spaces. Because I, I agree, I, I don't think we have those as much as we right. used to. Mm-hmm. This word conspiracy and then you put it with the spirit, isn't something we always think about. Right. What did that do with you? Um, what's the conspiracy of the Holy Spirit? I'm not sure that I can, you know, really articulate it, but it's, it's something... Conspiracy seems sort of... Um, unknown or in secret uh, and is un- coming to a different I guess viewpoint or understanding of the spirit is we we so often think of Jesus and Father but not necessarily the spirit as that third person of the Trinity mm-hmm. but it's almost like that that uh, it the reality of the Spirit comes from that love of Jesus and the Father. Mm-hmm. And that's that's an intimate, unknown place that we can't know. Mm-hmm. And so the conspiracy is God's sending their love to us mm-hmm. in yeah. order to bring us back to them. Right. I, that, it just, that feels like it's touching on the edge. Mm-hmm. Edge, but not really saying. Right, and I'm I'm sitting what I'm sitting and watching Sister Shaba. She's explaining this to us, and and um, the she using her hands was bringing her hands colliding together. And the uh-huh. exact word that I had in my mind was to me the the spirit is God colliding with us, colliding with Earth, colliding with our environment. Um, if you think about it, you go all the way back to the creation story and, and it talks about the spirit of God moving on the waters, mm-hmm. you know? So it's the, the spirit I think is when God collides with man, uh, mm-hmm. is, is really, uh, is really what it, uh, what it means, uh, to me. And, and, and I think the conspiracy part of it, you know, why did, why did the author pick conspiracy? I think it does go back to, uh, as sister Shab was saying, because, we have to stop and be mindful of it, be mindful of the Spirit. It would be very easy for us to move throughout our days 
and never take notice of the Spirit directing us or tugging us or speaking to us. Um, we could become so busy we don't hear that or just not be mindful of that. But I think the conspiracy part is that you have to be mindful of it uh, and you have to learn to listen and, uh, and, uh, and know that you know, it's, it's not going to be forceful. It's going to be that gentle moving mm -hmm. in your life. You wonder if we can articulate for those that might wonder, how has that gone on in our own life? How has God conspired in our own life? Um, I think about uh, getting married, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, you know there are so many factors in that, and not fully having a sense of all of it. Um, but recognizing that God's working behind the scenes almost. Mm -hmm. And I, I would say there's been some collision, but how do you recognize there's something else at work here? Uh, and, and, not, and conspiracy to be uh, really loving and joyful and not sinister, um, but, but out of a sense of I want you to be exactly who I uh, believe you to be and finding another uh, with that. Uh, to me, there's there's something uh, quite profound about not having all the control in, in some of these things, too. You know, I often think of um, God bringing me into religious life, you know, and I, I look back all those many years ago and um, when I was a child and, and even as a... As a High school student having made that decision that that religious life, Sisters of Mercy, was where I was supposed to be. Um, it's kind of like the beginning of that. And I, I, I said this in, a, in some way to Martin just the other day. I really, I sometimes think, I don't know, God can do whatever God wants to do, that who I am, where I am, um, happened because God brought me to religious life, to this particular charism of, of religious life. And I suspect in some ways that that same kind of, of uh, relationship with God would never have developed if I were not in religious life. And so it's, it's part of, you know, God's plan and how he brings us but just that, because I, I look at the things that have, have happened, um, I mean, not external things, but, but the way that God has brought me in that pattern of growth, in that, that journey, that um, obviously it happens in different ways with different people. Mm -hmm. But for me, God knew who he had made me to be. And this was the path that was chosen. You know, I never regretted it. I mean, it's always been the right thing to be. And how many years have you been? Next week will be 64. 64 years. Wow. What a life of dedication, for sure. Do you know, at the 90 day orientation thing, one of the things that uh, Ellis, and they incorporated into the program, but is to share our, our um, motto. Mm hmm and uh, so I tell them about it, but mine is, Heart of Jesus, Be My Strength. 
which comes out of my own relationship with God through the mercy and love of Jesus, symbolized by that heart. But the second part, when I when I had it and it was engraved, it was that prayer that heart of Jesus be my strength. I knew that I needed God's strength mm -hmm. to live this life because this was perpetual profession that I was getting ready to to do. And over the years, that's become heart of Jesus. You are my strength. Yeah, strength. I'm coming to to live that and to know that strength is always there. Mm -hmm. And so it was always that it was God calling and, and God's strength that makes it possible. And that's, now that I think about it, in some way that's part of the conspiracy of, of the Spirit because that was all happening and I, yes. it's only in reflection really that I can see all of mm -hmm. those things. Yes. Well, and, and just like the book brings out, God doesn't reveal the whole story to us in the exactly. beginning. We wouldn't. We would not be able to handle. <laughs> we wouldn't be able to handle the whole story, um, and, and and just like uh, just like He brings out with uh, with with Jesus. I mean, it happens. He reveals it to us day by day. God or Jesus is growing us up. Really, is, is what it uh, what it uh, what it comes to, and. Um, because we wouldn't be able to understand the whole story in the or beginning. Or to even bear it. It you would know, be so overwhelming. I was having a, six, a conversation with my six-year-old yesterday morning <laughs> taking her to school, and the moon was still out. And as we were driving, the moon continued to move around us. And, and so she asked the question, well, Daddy, why is the moon moving around us? And I was like, well... Says we're not the moon's not moving. We're moving relative to it, and but yet her little mind couldn't understand that. No matter how much I explained uh -huh. that concept, her mind wasn't developed to the point to understand. Mm -hmm. Right, and so you can think, you know, of many of the things that you know now, Sister Shab, after sixty plus years of of a life of service, when you were first entering in to to this profession you would not have understood that. And even if someone would have sat down and told it to mm -hmm. you, your mind would not have been able to, to grasp it right. because it took this amount of time to, to uh, develop that understanding. Mm -hmm. um, and the same for each of us. You know, it, it's it, you know, a progress of, you know, I look back through my learning of, of becoming a physician. Um, the things I understand now are much different than the things that I understood when I started the journey, right? And so I think about things different. I, I, I conceptualize things different because of the experiences that I went through to get to this point. Um, and, and hopefully still even growing and developing more and more understanding about how how things how things relate to each other and so um so i think that's uh you know god's growing us up i think is is a good way to mm -hmm. uh, to summarize that and the the whole way of seeking to understand shab mm -hmm. like that to me is what you're expressing and how do we do that with uh those who come in who seem to know everything right mm -hmm. <laughs> i mean how have you learned how to help people still learn? How have you learned to help people still learn? <laughs> over the years, in these 60 plus years, so that God enters into that. Because that might be something that we need to work on, is to allow the Spirit to work, rather than we're just simply instructing that, that this is what you have to do. And then recognizing that. I mean, how do we teach people to recognize the Spirit at work? here in, in, in a healing environment? Uh, 
The one one thing I think of um, is recognizing for myself how I've had to learn how much God loves me and to allow God to love me. And that's that's strange, you know, to to think that I that I had to learn to allow God to love me. But because I knew what love was, was. I mean, I grew up in a loving family, you know, and and we're still very close. But there was something about me being loved by God. And part of it may, and I'm just now realizing, it may go back to that original point that Father Hoy makes about pedalite, putting somebody on a pedestal, oh, pedestal whatever, however you say the word. Yes, uh-huh. That somehow in how we grew up, Jesus was on the pedestal. Well, if this man, God, was on the pedestal, how could he love me, who didn't have that relationship that he had with, with the Father? And so maybe that whole progression and years of learning to to let go and let God love me, and then what did that do in my life, and and let that continue. So you're almost turning this over, this this uh, way of trying to figure it out. Uh-huh. You're letting someone else help you figure it out, uh-huh. which is a huge uh, vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's real vulnerability of love here mm-hmm. with God, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that that I don't know if we're prepared for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, certainly yeah. if you think about it in a clinical setting, mm-hmm. I mean, how are you to live out these ways of uh, integration with what we're talking about is important. Right, yes. And, and the, you know, was the other line that I had, had was thinking about before we, we started was, was talking about the Spirit's activity at, at directing the kingdom, but the line goes on to say it's the interpenetration of personal presence. So, I mean, and that's almost what we're going back to. It's, it's the Spirit working through people, right? <laughs> working through interactions. Um, and so, and, and I, think, I think that goes back to the, one of the points we said at the very beginning, we really can't see this, this working of the Spirit, or even can't feel the working of the Spirit if we're not relating to each other, mm-hmm. right? Because it only happens in relation, whether that's relation with God and, and Jesus or, or that's relation with each other. And, and I think we have to have both of those, right, um, to grow um, and, and, uh, and to have the full, the full work, and, you know, to allow that, the Spirit to work through us is we have to have that relation between, between God in between man. That's a big part of the Catholic faith is that it's mediated mm-hmm. which, Jesus. with Jesus. So now we're understanding that this relationship I'm growing in through others. And that's going to be a difference uh, than other some other Christian denominations. Sure. And what was the word that he used? Interpen- interpenetration of personal presence. Well, that's a, that's a scrabble. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. big word. Yes. Yes. Between, yes. Yeah. between interpenetration. Yes, it is. It's definitely, definitely between. But and you think about it, um, oftentimes, 
um, where I attend church when, when the pastor relates to things uh, and he will relate to the cross and that, that, that interpersonal relationship. If you think about the cross, the, the, the vertical mm-hmm. interaction between God and man, but then there's a horizontal aspect to the cross, mm-hmm. and that's the interaction between man and man. Mm-hmm. So God has to affect both of those lives. Mm-hmm. He has to affect that vertical the interaction between God and myself, but then I also have to have that interaction between you guys and mm-hmm. uh, you all as well. So wow. brings you a lot of meaning when you think about that. Yeah, cross, it right? is. I mean, that, that that's the way God has has put all of this creation together mm-hmm. is that uh, it's with each other. And it's that point that, where they that collide. That it happens, uh-huh. Interpenetration, the, the collision. Right. The collision. Sister Shab, in the Sisters of Mercy, in your training, and as you went through, I imagine you sat around and you talked about books, or you had, I know you had a significant amount of classes. Uh, are there things that you think we should be reading uh, that would help us in this period of time? I mean, here we've read... A small, small little book uh, by uh, a Jesuit priest, and uh, we actually found it in Peru. Uh, but if you were going to say, you know, here are a couple uh, things to uh, think about, are there things, or even quotes? I, I know you have some real beautiful quotes from Catherine Macaulay that, that have impacted you. That, that's a hard one for me because I have, I've never had a mind to remember titles, uh-huh. <laughs> movies, books, anything like that, uh, you know, even though I might be deeply affected by something. But obviously we, we spend a lot, have spent a lot of time reading and learning about Catherine. She is our model for, for the mercy life, community, and ministry. Um, so certainly there needs to be some time spent reading about her life. Um, and there are many quotes just pop out when someone asks me about a particular um, um, topic. But obviously for me, the one that is most special is Catherine's own life and, and how she tells us, they told the sisters, that um, we were to, we were, our lives were to be of both contemplation and action, activity that one didn't, wasn't greater than the other, but that they, they helped each other, mm-hmm. they supported each other, and that our hearts should always be centered in God, uh, as in the compass from which the, the needle goes around but never leaves the center. And um, to me, that's the basis, I and mean, it's not just for the sisters, but that's the teaching for all of our mercy ministers. And if, if we are just doing the work, we're missing the point. It's why are we doing that? And is that work centered and based in God? And yet we're out here with the needle going around with the people every day. And then we're, we're, we hold them in our heart and bring them back to God. So it's always back to the center. Um, and that's the way Catherine lived her life, you know, prayer, formal prayer together and um, coming together to talk and um, sharing in different ways are ways in which that prayer life develops. But it's always 
It's God calling, and it's God's work. It comes from God, but it always comes back to God. Right. And I think that's the importance of, in this community, the word we would use is, is formation. Formation, um, exactly. I mean, you could call it discipleship. You could call it formation. You could call it spiritual growth. But I think that that's, that's the importance of, of that foundation of mm-hmm. building. Because you, you, you have to understand your center. You have to understand exactly. your purpose before you can move around it. Exactly. Right, uh, and so I think that that's the um, I think that's the importance of, of 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 learning and growing in that formal knowledge of what our purpose is. And in 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 our setting today, you know, our purpose is is to to fulfill the healing ministry of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Anything from this? text and anything more any other tidbits i feel we've covered such a a huge array of things you know Um, there's just one of them actually it's the most significant for me despite everything we've talked about is um in there it's on page 18 but uh father hoy is talking about the life of the kingdom and jesus is coming to understand what that life was And the line that just jumped out at me and just went very deep was, living in the kingdom meant, for Jesus, constantly choosing ones having been chosen. And that struck me um, in several ways. First of all, in reference to Jesus, he was coming to understand that he, as human, had been chosen by the Father to be the father's son. And it was, that was what his whole formation of life was about. But when he was able to reach that point that he could choose that this is what that God was choosing him, then he was living in the kingdom. And that's been my own experience in terms of being able to choose that God has chosen me. Mm-hmm. And then responding to that in whatever way God has called me, continues to call me. And to put it within that context of that's the living of the kingdom is a whole new mm-hmm. understanding for me mm-hmm. or sort of a realization. I don't understand it, but to, to have a sense of yeah. knowing what it means. What a great hope that we could become uh, aware that God is doing something with us, even mm-hmm. as you sit with us over 60 years, that you're still gaining that understanding. Yeah. Uh, we have much to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sister Shaw. Time heals all wounds. Join us for our next episode of Healing Stories.